Hi, I'm Sarah Shea. And I'm Strangely Deuceberg. Welcome to the Pilot House. The podcast where we watch all the shows we missed the first time around. And try to figure out where the heck they were going with this. So Strangely, what do you know about the monkeys? I'm not sure I'll be able to say this without offending monkeys fans. Oh no. So I I just I I know I'm a believer. That's a monkeys song, right? Then yes. I saw her face. Uh other than that, I don't know a whole lot about the monkeys specifically. I know that they're like a band of four lads and that they were put together kind of more like the way that like boy bands were put together in the nineties. That it was they were like created by a studio or a, a producer or something as opposed to people who met each other and became a band uh i mostly know that because i've heard over the years like people will say negative things about the about the monkeys as being mm. kind of this like bootleg beatles like you know some sure, other sure, sure. studio or somebody was like we need a beatles and and we'll have a beatles every week on this this television program uh that that's that's not a diss. I no, I'm, I'm not yeah. making the value judgment. This is just what I've heard about them. And yet, like sort of with that kind of negative caveat, I do know that quite a few people in my life really love them yeah. and think they're very fun. Okay. And I'm a believer that song's a banger. So yeah. like I I'm interested. Uh but that's all I know about the monkeys. What do you know about the TV show though? That the TV show is where the band comes from. Like, the band was invented for this show. Got it. Okay. And the the show and the band, it was like the, the whole package was kind of created and then, like, here is the show. It is also the band. And the show is, like, it's sort of a similar vibe to those the, the some of the Beatles movies where it's like, they're a band in the movie, but then they also maybe do some sketches and bits and it's kind of... It's sort of semi-variety show, semi-plot, semi-something. Mm-hmm. And, like, there's maybe a Muppet show on stage, backstage, back and forth kind of a deal. Okay. So, but all created as, like, a sort of product. Like, it was all invented at the same time. That's my understanding. I okay. I could be totally wrong. No, I mean, you're not totally wrong. Um, <laughs> um, I watched a lot of this show uh, on in reruns. On Nick one of them named Davy. Sorry, I just remember that. Yes. One's named Davy. Yes. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> sorry to interrupt. The they there's uh, one of them is named Davy Jones, and that is the reason David Bowie had to change his name because his real name is David Jones. Huh. Yeah, he couldn't be David Jones. There already was one. Anyway, uh, fun fact for you. Uh, anyway, yes, I watched a lot of the show when it was uh, on um, the Nick at Night's Block Party Summer. For those, if you know, you know, Monkey Mondays, I watched marathons of the monkeys on Mondays for a whole summer and absolutely fell in love. Mickey is my monkey. Uh, So I actually also know a lot about just the history of it and like how it came together and all that stuff. Do you want me to tell you all of that or would you rather we kind of go into this and then I can get into more of that when we're talking about it afterwards? I'd, I'd, I'd like to go in as fresh as possible. Okay. All right. That's why I asked. So I will give you some more details about the back, uh, the background and, and where everything came together after you've seen the actual show itself. All right. Is there anything else that you want to sort of get on record before we go back to revisit this? 
Um, oh God, I, I, I remember, I feel like I remember it so well mm-hmm. that I don't want to, I, I could spend 20 minutes talking about all the things I remember from the show and I don't want to spoil that for you. Okay. So I'll talk about if there's anything that's significantly different. I've certainly, to my knowledge, never seen the pilot. Mm-hmm. So it could be quite different from how I remember the show, but I can go into that after we've seen it. Because, uh, you know, I used to watch it when they were just doing marathons on TV. They never showed things. They rarely showed them in order, much less starting from the beginning. So whether I've even seen anything from the first handful of episodes or from the first season, I don't know. So things could be different from what I'm expecting. But yeah, for uh, cute lads who are in a band and have shenanigans. I mean, that's the that is the brief. So let's just get into it. Sounds good. Well, the cupboard's bare, and it's not about to get any fuller unless we play a gig. No, I don't want to buy a princess phone. I'm trying to locate a princess. Princess Bettina. Do you know we haven't worked in a month? Gee, it seems more like four weeks. Look, I don't care what colors they come in, and I don't care what they do when you pick the phone up. Will you please look under harmonica? H-A-R-M. Look, it's a country. There is so. Hey, Davy, you talking about a chick? Her name's Bettina, she's a princess. That's right. And she's here with her uncle, the Archduke. Otto. Yeah, Otto. Yeah, and a, uh, a bodyguard. Yeah, Sigmund. Ah, uh, nah. That one's Igor. Must be a different princess. <laughs> hey, fellas, yeah, sir. He says she's staying at the Rich Swank Hotel. Come on, fellas, we've got to go. Hey, wait a minute. You can't go there. Look, they're trying to kill her. How do you know? Look, I know, I know. The guy threatened to kill me, too. What do you say? They said, Oyanka Kimbo Kuomba Kumasini. <laughs> what in the world does that mean? Well, it doesn't mean live and be well. Oh, Davy, look, man. You cannot go down to the Ritz Swank Hotel and barge in there on a suspicion. Look, will you trust me? She's got my jacket. Oh, well, she's got your jacket. Yeah. She's got his jacket. She's got his jacket. She's got his jacket. Okay, so we just watched episode one of The Monkeys, Royal Flush. Technically, there was a pilot that was released later as an episode of the show, but... And the pilot that was released was re-edited to be an episode in the series, so... Yeah. What was released wouldn't necessarily reflect how this would have looked as a pilot anyway. Yeah, I'm still curious to see... Uh, I, I said I almost wish we'd watched that that episode just because uh, this episode does not do a lot to introduce the concept of the monkeys. It kind of launches right into a plot. but which, uh, which for me, in terms of selling something like this, I, I mean, it could be benefit of hindsight that I've yeah. seen a lot of Beatles that I'm sort of aware of this kind of thing this sort of package Mm -hmm. um and and in terms of what we were right and wrong about sort of my basic conceptualization of this as being a band that has hijinks yeah on stage backstage kind of thing it was exactly what i was picturing okay uh i mean really there was nothing about that that surprised you uh no i mean especially because of the comparison to some of the beatles films like a hard day's night where it's sort of like the band is running around having hijinks yeah and 
nominally they're a band and like they're talking about gigs and things but it's sort of just like the, the here are the lads um, i'm looking at you with a look of utter confusion on my face because that was so much more bonkers than even i remembered and you're acting like it's like yeah pretty much what i expected hard day's night i've seen it all like th- that was not more and wackier than you were expecting why uh, well, i, I I did not have a wackiness level that I was expecting. It was very wacky, but I, I didn't have a... I have not experienced this before. This is my first blush of seeing this. Yeah, but still... I... All right, I'm a little disappointed. <laughs> I thought you were going to be like, What the heck? That was crazy. It's a weird show. It is a, it is a very weird show, <laughs> but I have I have seen weird shows before. I'm sorry that if I don't quite seem like as floored by this, some of the, I guess the comparisons that I'm drawing to not as much a hard day's night. Um, there's another Beatles film called help where they have a lot of bizarre things happen. Like they're skiing in the Alps and then the lake breaks open and a guy that they've seen swimming multiple times comes out of the ice. So like sort of some of the, the more fantastical elements of this, uh, I've, I've seen other sort of sixties weirdo, productions where weird stuff happens yeah i i if i if i sound unenthused it's it's not that i'm unenthused the parts of this were really funny and some of the sight gags genuinely got me but i i genuinely went into this without any expectations so i i think the the level of bonkers madcap that happened might not have struck me as much just because it i wasn't I, I didn't expect it not to be goofy. And so it was really goofy and, and yeah. very fun. So it just, like, it didn't surprise me in its goofiness. Because I, I didn't know what to expect at all. Yeah, I had a I, genuinely I guess, good time watching it, though. I was just, it was, I have such fond memories of this show. And then it was like, oh my gosh, I forgot it was this bonkers. I forgot the level. So I was delighted to be reminded of, like, how cuckoo banana pants it gets and so yeah i was just like oh boy here we go this is gonna be a wacky episode of pilot house and you're just more kind of like yeah about what i expected if i expected anything i guess that's it and i'm like oh okay it reminds me of the time i was hanging out with a younger friend of mine not that this is an age thing in this case but she's like 10 years younger than me and they were talking about music and I went, oh my God, let me play with this band that I was really into in high school. And I was like, this band is so good. It's a local band. I still think they're amazing. And like, I put them on and I'm like, I'm going to blow her mind. I'm going to be like this cool older friend introducing her to shit she's never heard. And I turned it on and like 30 seconds in, she kind of chuckles and I'm like, what's funny? And she goes, oh, nothing. It's good. It's just, it's, it's just so nineties. It's funny. And I'm like, okay, well, this moment is ruined. Be gone. No, I didn't. I did not banish her. We're still friends. But I was like. Okay, this is not the moment I thought it was going to be. <laughs> I guess I just, I have too, I'm, I'm too blinded by my childhood love of this show that I, uh, I thought it was going to be more fun. It, I genuinely had a very good time with this. Yeah. It just, I, I don't have any memories of the monkeys. Yeah, I guess I just was expecting more of a what did I just watch reaction from you. I guess it's not as crazy as I thought. Yeah, well, that's it's so interesting because there, there is a genuine madcap energy to this that I think is very endearing, um, and it does 
remind me a lot of the wilder parts of something like Help, uh, the the Beatles film, which I, I know you haven't seen. Yeah, but... I've seen Hard Day's Night about fifty times for whatever reason. I've never watched Help. <laughs> yeah, and and Help definitely has sort of that like that free energy that something started to happen. I feel like in a lot of uh, art, particularly film and television things in the sixties, where it was like, I think maybe a, a new generation sort of came to the fore. It was around the same time that uh, Jim Henson started getting noticed and getting things produced. And it's like the, the idea that you could really, really surprise people and have something super wacky happen. Uh, and, like the sudden costume changes based on uh, the bits that they're doing in this were really fun. Like when they uh, they start, they're planning to sneak into a hotel, and all of yeah. a sudden they're all dressed as army army dudes. Yes. Oh my gosh, that's like the first really wacky thing. Mm-hmm. Like when you see it starts with uh, with Davy sitting on a beach, and then he sees a girl going out into the waves with like a inflatable raft, and you're just like, okay, sure, sixties boy band beach stuff. Yeah. And then, like, a cartoonish villain with a cartoonish henchman starts setting up a telescope. And you're like, wait, what is going on here? Yeah. And then it's it's still, you're like, okay, who are these characters? These guys are a little more bonkers than I was expecting. But then when you get back to the house and the boys are kind of, there's a few lines just to kind of set you up of, like, well, we're broke. We've got to play a gig. You realize I've worked in a in a month. You know, like you get that's all of the exposition you get of mm-hmm. we're a band who's trying to make a living off being musicians. Like that's that was the thing that really surprised me about um, this and made me go, this cannot be the pilot because there's very little talk about them being a band. The fact that they're a band figures almost well figures not at all into the actual plot of the episode. But uh, yeah, then you're just seeing them and he's talking and it's a little bit funny. They're doing bits with each other, but it's normal comedy stuff. And then he's finally like, we have to break into this hotel and save this princess who someone's trying to kill. And suddenly it is a cartoonish parody, costumes and props and everything of like a, a British war movie. And Mickey Dolenz is doing an almost unintelligible British accent. We're in between the compound and a cup of daylight. And set him an observation post. Yeah. Like, Matt Gorley, eat your heart out. <laughs> Steve Apple Lip and all that. And it's, it's like, it's it's very endearing. Because they're, they're all so young and fresh-faced. And then they're, like, trying to pr- play these, like, very, like, arch, uh, like, manly men, man-man yeah. characters. But they're they're just, like, so cute. And especially Davey, he's, like, so yiddle. And he's, he is quite very yiddle. Yeah. You like that little bit at the end? It's like... You're not short. Stand up. Show him how tall you are. I am standing up. (laughs) Like he's in on it. Yeah. What I love about it is that in that way, he's kind of the Ringo because Mm -hmm. he's sort of being teased, but he's also clearly the, the heartthrobbiest. Yeah. Like he's the, he's the one who gets to save the princess. Right. Right. That, that is a very fun combination of high status, low status. Yeah. That the, in terms of sort of the initial four, they, they do have a lot of fun interplay. The other three weren't as well established in terms of this plot, but is is that something that throughout the series else when do they each get like featuring episodes or is it usually kind of like Davy is the... No, no. Um, I mean, at least from my memory, which I have not watched an episode of the show in 20 years probably, mm-hmm. maybe more. 
Uh, but my memory of it is that they're all pretty equal in the episodes. Mm-hmm. I Part of why I was very surprised when it start with just Davy on the beach. Right. But also because, again, I'm expecting this to be a pilot and to be establishing our characters, establishing our boys as a, as a struggling band. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, they, it's, it's, it, he is not the star of the show appreciably, in my memory, anyway. Then again, Mickey Dolenz was my, always my favorite, so he was the star of the show in my heart. <laughs> but... Uh, yeah, it's uh, um, if 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 you don't mind, I re- just realized we forgot to really establish the what we were right about, wrong about thing, which uh, I wanted to at least cover uh, something that you were wrong about that I didn't want to get into because I kind of wanted to just get into the show and let you see it. Uh-huh. Um, I, it wasn't anything you said specifically, but kind of an implication, and this is a common thing. I thought this too, that the show is created as a vehicle for this boy band so that they could be a boy band. Mm-hmm. But really, the original idea was to have a television show about a band. And the creator had this idea for several years before he was able to like get it going. It was really, I think Hard Day's Night was the first Beatles movie. Whatever's the first Beatles movie mm-hmm. was the thing that finally made networks go, say, what about that uh, boy band TV show right. that that guy was telling us about? Like, no one would really, really thought it was... Viable. Viable. Mm-hmm. Until they saw that and they went, oh no, girls do want a, a band in their, to come right into their homes, you know? Uh, and their, but their original plan was to use an, an existing band. Oh, really? That was the whole idea. And I, if I'm not re- misremembering, uh, I think the Love and Spoonful was the first choice. Mm-hmm. Um, they hadn't become a hit yet. Um, and then they had their first hit and uh, the record label that they were assigned to was like, oh, you want them to be on a show? We're going to have to pay us a whole bunch of money to use their music. Right. And the network went, uh, why don't we just make a band? Then they'll be ours and we'll own the music and we'll make... If we're going to make a TV show that catapults these this band uh, into some limelight here, we might as well be making the money off the music as well. Mm-hmm. So that's when they set out to create the band. So it, it, just an interesting story that not, not that many people know. Right. That they... The original idea was not to make a band so they could make money off of a off of a manufactured boy band. So they're less of a manufactured band in that sense, but they certainly were uh, in uh, cast for the show. Um, and they they did. I think the the casting uh, like so they were a band already before the show. No, sorry, they were cre they were they created the band for the show, um, but they were manufactured to be in the show and then they were like and then hopefully people will like the music as well yeah. like that was less of a fo- of a focus initially the music um yeah of a focus. Okay. They, they were going to be songs mm-hmm. but they kind of uh they didn't think like let's make a band oh and let's also make a tv show it was like a tv show well i guess it makes the most sense if we also create the band for it so they made a tv show that they intended to feature a band and when they couldn't get a band they're like <laughs> I'll do it myself. Yeah, yeah. So they created the band. In, in fact, uh, the original, the first handful of songs they recorded, mm-hmm. um, the the boys were just singing the songs. They had not written them. They, you know, they weren't playing instruments. Right. They just were recording the vocals, right? But then they released an album. The the network released an album that with all the songs that said like the monkeys. It looked like an album by a band. It did mm-hmm. not look like the soundtrack to a TV show. And the, the guys were actually upset. 
this was not what they understood was going to happen. And they right. were like, you can't just imply that we're a real band if you're not going to let us also be a real band. Right. Like, if you're going to want, if you want us to be a band, let us write songs and let us play the instruments and let's do this for real. Like, we thought we were just being in a show than singing some songs because we were going to be a band in the show. But, like, you can't be doing this, like, this play acting of we're being a band unless we are. So... Yeah, that's just, it's an interesting factor about uh, that I didn't know until fairly recently, within the last year or two. Well, hearing all of that, it kind of makes sense that at least initially they're, they're it's maybe not focusing on them playing gigs. And it, like, it's right, yeah. Because if at least initially they're not a gigging, you know, they're not capable right, yeah. of playing gigs. I think they all, I mean, they, it certainly, it was, um, I think the casting call said something like, you know, sprightly young boys wanted, yeah. uh, must be able to sing like instruments a plus or something Why like that. Why are you right? reading my Tinder profile right now? <laughs> um, but I've actually seen some footage of the, uh, audition sessions. Uh-huh. Um, which is fascinating if you're a fan of the show. Just FYI, look on YouTube; they're out there. Both um, interviews with the individual guys, and then acting out some scenes with various other uh, actors who had been considered. Mm-hmm. So there's like this one scene. And you can find a video on YouTube where it shows that scene done twice in a row uh, with different groups, and like I think two of the 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 final band are in each of those but then there's other guys and like one of the bits is them in a record store checking to see if any of their albums have been bought so like it's not them playing a gig but it does focus around them being a band you know Mm -hmm. there's like a it's very funny because in at least one of those bits that they recorded uh peter tork is given some of the kind of sardonic sarcastic lines and it's like that is not his character on the show he's mostly the kind of like Oh, okay. All right. Let's do the thing, guys. Like, yeah. Um, yeah, it's uh, um, my for, you know, extensive knowledge surrounding it uh, aside is fun. It's very fun. I was actually surprised by how much I enjoyed it. Like, I, I, I know that it, I sounded unenthused just because it was definitely vibing on sort of a 60s madcap TV show kind of uh, level. And I think that didn't surprise me just because I didn't know what to what yeah. to expect and then once we got into it i was like oh okay we're gonna be doing this and we're doing bits so mm-hmm. you know I, I figured out what kind of show it was pretty quickly and then and and then rolled with it but the thing that was most surprising to me was that i actually enjoyed it and found the bits funny mm-hmm. you know something anytime you watch comedy that's more than uh 10 seconds old it (laughs) risks like feeling aged or you know you've seen the bits a million times and especially looking at something like this that clearly was very influential on television and other kinds of comedy for the next you know this is what going on 60 years old now uh you know just thinking about shows like the young ones Mm -hmm. or uh or even mitchell and webb peep show like any of that kind of stuff you you can see the dna of this through a lot of British television comedy all the way up to the present day. And, and even as someone who's been to Edinburgh Fringe Festival and seen just small British comics working, it's like yeah, things in this just feel a, feel a part of culture now. Yeah. And Honestly, the, the fact that you compared it to The Young Ones makes me really happy because that first moment when they're in the house 
Uh-huh. And it's like this dingy kind of, they yeah. don't, you don't see it. There's a lot of like wacky stuff on the walls and whatever, but it's a little bit dingy. And you know, you hear Mike say like, we got no food in the cupboards. We got to play a gig. And I went, oh my gosh, the young ones all over again. Because I watched the young ones obviously much later than, I guess not obviously, but I discovered the young ones in college. Um, and that never occurred to me that it was sort of monkeys-esque mm-hmm. until coming back to the monkeys and going like, oh yeah, it's like a bunch of boys living in this rundown house, except in the young ones are students, not, you know, a band. But like, there's musical segments in the young ones and mm-hmm. there's like weird bits where suddenly people are wearing crazy costumes and there's crazy props. Like, there's so much of this in the young ones that I never connected to it until now. Yeah, and I, I think, you know, some of that, sort of apparent lack of surprise or shock at the, at the zaniness of this was because things like that were, were going through my mind as I was watching this. And I don't, because I don't have the nostalgia of it, of watching it when I was young, it's more exciting to me as like a progenitor of so many of these things that I love. It's like, mm-hmm. they, they were doing this. It's, it's, it's that joy of finding something where they're doing a thing you like a decade before you thought anyone was doing the thing. Yeah. And you can tell that some of the people who are working on it for them, it's fresh and new and exciting. And like, oh, we get to do this. We get to do like the 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 cutaway in the at the in the big finale where they're having the duel and there's the couple and they're sort of sharing a glass of, of you know, they're just having a glass they're of, sort of champagne. They're, they're, they're drinking champagne. They're eating like canapes and they're kind yeah. of like looking at each other while they're eating and it's that thing you've seen a million times where people are kind of making they're eating sort of sensual as they look at each other and then it just escalates to the point that it's it's like they're uh, shoving food in each other's faces yeah like like when people get married and they sometimes they like feed each other cake and it yeah. gets a little messy but then it just keeps going and then they eat the goddamn plate <laughs> yes oh my god and that's just a side bit with yeah. two throwaway characters who don't have names and you know like that they put that much like ridiculousness into just that little cutaway bit that's yeah. oh mwah, so good so and i good. gotta say i mean i hope you agree with me because you laughed very hard at the moment but i think the best of the text pops up on the screen gags which uh-huh. they do a couple of them in the episode hands down the best one is the first one and i'm glad they they did that one first because it's mm, it, oh, it like it gets you. When, when he, uh, is it Mikey? Is that uh, the, no, they're in the, the so they're in the hotel. Yeah. They um, they're trying to get this princess away from her evil archduke uncle is gonna kill her. Uh, they hide in a linen closet, mm-hmm. and then uh, Davy and the princess hide in the linen closet. The other boys, say, coast is clear. They go get her out of the linen closet and start running down the hall. Peter comes uh-huh. back, opens the linen closet, grabs out a towel, and starts to walk away with it, and it freezes. And on the screen, it says, "Everybody does it." It was so good. Oh, that's just we. Yeah, we both laughed out loud. That was yeah. delightful. I'm I'm glad they had the sense to make that the first of the. Because yeah. the other uh, visual on screen ones, like though we've got to stop meeting like this. They weren't, you know, wasn't quite as as good as that one. Yeah, I, I'm so curious about those. Is that something that they they're just like, oh, let's let's add the like? Was that a uh, something that they came up with in post, or was it like written with the intent of doing that later? Because that was that was the moment that for me this moved from okay we're doing comedy and we're kind of doing these little sketch you know aside sketches sort of semi fantasy sequences to oh this show is on a totally different energetic level where it's much more in the realm of a Monty Python or a Young Ones mm-hmm. than it is in you know the realm of a more typical sort of sitcom 
or semi variety show of yeah. the day. Like the 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 on screen text and like little animations that they're putting in. Like at one point the evil archduke is like wait, aha, and he like has an idea and a glowing light bulb appears Pops up above his, his head. head. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's a really, really lovely kind of um, live action cartoon stylization. It makes me think also of uh, the, the Pink Panther films. Mm. If you've seen any of those. I with, actually uh, have not. Uh, or if I did, I was too young to remember. <laughs> Peter Sellers, you know, the, 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 yeah. the, they'll do the thing in that where, where there's a bomb and someone is holding the bomb when it goes off, like yeah. right in their face. And then, you know, they, they don't die they're not even injured just their clothes are black and tattered you right know, like yeah that, they've got that, soot on their face cartoon yes. style yeah. yeah yeah uh but again that was something that was being made back in the 60s yeah and that joke is much more tired now but like at the time it was something that was a little bit more fresh and, and yeah. exciting and then paved the way for things like jim carrey's mask uh films or whatever you know that kind of like live action cartoon thing that we recognize as a genre wasn't necessarily as much of a genre back in the 60s when things like this were being made yeah uh i uh i had uh, i i'm curious whether the the text popping up on the screen that sort of thing i'm curious if that sticks around because i didn't remember that element at mm-hmm. all that wasn't something i went oh i forgot about these them changing into crazy costumes that definitely was a oh i forgot that they did this like genuinely i knew that their energy was very madcap and like zany and i knew that the sh- they got into shenanigans but genuinely the second the the archduke the cartoonish villain and his cartoonish henchmen first show up on the beach with a giant telescope i went oh oh that's right <laughs> this this show does get wacky excellent and it it took a while for me to settle into the fact that it was going to stay at that that volume the whole time because you know sometimes something will sort of come out the gate swinging or they'll get a couple of really good gags in Mm -hmm. or also watching something with so much distance of time things that weren't intended to appear bizarre appear bizarre and vice versa so it's like are they is that how much of this is intentional and realizing about halfway through at the towel moment, it's like, oh, this, they know exactly what they're making. It's, it's delightful. Yeah. It's, it's not watching some, uh, old, you know, uh, 70s movie that's just totally inscrutable because you're not part of 70s culture anymore. It's, you know, it yeah. exists and stands on its own as this funny document of some bananas comedy. It is really bananas. Some of the things that happen in this. Oh Yeah. Extreme, extreme banana. I actually, I'm very curious. Um, so they they do this bit in the episode where they, to in order to quickly take over the hotel room directly next to the royal suite, mm-hmm. uh, they pretend that uh, Mike is a rich like millionaire or something like that, and they like rush into the room and start stamping his monogram all over everything or whatever, and uh, they're they're calling him WH. And they're standing out with everything. And the, the maid who happens to be in the room is like, what's going on? And they're like, don't you know who that is? That's WH bloody blah or whatever. And she's like, huh? Who? And they go, you've heard of wool hats? Well, that's him. Which is because he wears that hat in yeah. every episode. That hat is his trademark. And I actually don't know the story behind why. Why the hat? Um, maybe they were worried that too many of them were 
brown haired and might look too much the same and thought like we'll give this one a hat it was just amazing that like in the first episode they're making a joke about the hat that just seemed well like how did that read to you that that just go like oh sure he's wearing a wool hat why not yeah it just seemed like i mean that the the the, i don't know what the word word would be i'm sure there's like a tv tropes term for the style of uh of clown character who always has the right thing in their hand mm-hmm. and they they are all the monkeys are definitely that where yeah. it's like all of a sudden they have these elaborately painted banners dropping from trumpets that say yeah. king auto you know, right like, yeah when did you have time to make that they they didn't <laughs> no they just reached into a box and there it was yeah it's like <laughs> like when they say the way that they get him into the room is to tell him like oh yes we have a showroom for thrones in this hotel it's right next door why don't you come check it out and like immediately they they do the, the they do the bit of we have to take one of the chairs in this room and make it a throne yeah. and they do have like suddenly they have silk gold spray paint and like scissors and measuring tape and all that stuff they go through the charade of like we had all this stuff and we're gonna make this throne to have the like oh we have to hurry and do this but yeah then when he sits in the throne they're like do 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 and they have trumpets all of a sudden out of nowhere it's poppins baggers yeah i'm gonna call them poppins Poppins baggers poppins baggers (laughs) ah beautiful for me what makes this work so well as selling this concept is that it almost didn't focus on them as a band i think if this is how you're sort of presenting this package they are a band and clearly music that is implied to be their songs is happening in the episode. There's sort of the two or three, like kind of, there's two montage scenes that have a full song going on to them. Uh, so it's like, I, you know, you can tell me they're a band and I get it. And also that, that opening, uh, credits thing where it shows Mm -hmm. them, you know, they're playing music and they're doing very, again, I, I, not as an insult, but like yeah. Beatlesy kind of things. Yeah, you know, they're all shoved in a car. I mean, they're, they're the all... fact that this was capitalizing on the popularity of the Beatles to say that is not an insult. It is just a statement of fact. They're called the Monkeys with two E's. Like it was obviously a sort of wink at like the Beatles changed the spelling of their name. What if we did it, but it didn't accomplish a, a pun? It was yeah. just Monkeys. <laughs> sure. Uh, <laughs> and and if you are pitching me that show. I almost want to know that the not a band stuff works more mm-hmm. if I'm going to be watching them in a visual medium and it, you know the selling the songs is not as as important as selling the vibe and the relationships and the boys. Yeah. And this definitely is, you know, if they had made a few episodes and they're like, ah, "Actually, let's air this one first." Yeah. It definitely captures the energy that they're going for and sort of the chemistry of the boys yeah really well did you also uh did you appreciate there's one thing in this episode that is a particularly dated joke that possibly someone in the gen z uh generation would be like i did is that is that a thing is the 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 way that they finally defeat the Archduke in the end is that... Oh, yeah. At the, at the sound of the tone, it will be 12 p.m. Yeah. Well, 12 a.m. 
12 yeah but the, the <laughs> right yeah calling the, the, yeah. the the whole thing is the princess uh has no power over her archduke uncle is trying to kill her until she becomes the queen when she turns 18 and her birthday is the next day yep. and they're in the middle of this party and there's a big fight scene and finally peter's like hey listen to this and he holds up a phone and says at the tone the time will be 12 midnight and it's like ha she's is, the queen now is that the thing he was holding up it was a phone are you joking are you I'm, teasing i'm joking it was a joke because you, you implied, you're like, a joke that maybe Gen Z people would Oh! Get. <laughs> I was like, I don't understand. What's your joke? I thought we were building okay. a world where I was Gen Z. And I, I was know. Like, I'm so young. Thank you. Did you're you card not. me for cigarettes? Thank you. You're sweet. Uh, yes, ha ha. <laughs> <laughs> I, I thought that was great. I, I loved that. That yeah. was like very much a... a thing of its time also with the speaking of phones when the 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 henchman the the big mustachioed henchman yes calls yes! the boss and he has a like a like a radio with like a, the, the wire up but then yeah. it's like a rotary phone he has to dial it yeah he, oh, he, they were clever and they were like oh yeah we'll make it like it's it's like a, a phone what would a phone need to work remotely oh like a radio so it has an antenna and it's like you didn't know how close you were to early cell phones <laughs> Yeah, he pulls out the antenna and calls him. And I love that they're they're doing the um the the, the sparrow the code. has left the nest. Yeah, and then he suddenly realizes the other person does the wrong code, and he goes, "What?" Like they've gone four or five back yeah. and forth, and suddenly he's like, "I'm sorry, what is the number?" And the person gives him the number. He goes, "Oh, I'm sorry, the wrong number." <laughs> oh, I just I always find those like kind of inscrutable code phrases. It's like anytime someone says that, you're like, you, "What do you? You're clearly up to something." Yeah. I guess you don't know necessarily what they're up to. I'm just saying. The eagle has landed. Who is the eagle? Where did they land? I don't know because I'm not in on the code. I have more thoughts, but I think a lot of them will come up in the segments um, unless you want to. No, yeah, we can go. We can go into the segments. All right. Well, uh, let's let's get into that first segment, which we like to call. Where did the money go? In this segment, we talk about where we think they spent the money on this episode, knowing that this wasn't the first episode that they shot, that they yeah. shot a pilot and they reused some elements of it later. This feels like the kind of thing where they had ordered it to series and the pilot that they originally made was probably more of a test kind of thing to like get the mix right, yeah. especially hearing that they re-edited it and used other bits of it later. Uh, this... This feels like it arrived very complete, mm-hmm. um, or at least by the time it was being broadcast to audiences. Yeah, uh, that kick-ass monkeys hideout clubhouse is yeah. obviously a very good set. Though. I definitely had forgotten that it was on the beach. Mm-hmm. I mean, perfect opportunity for uh, a beach shenanigans <laughs> and uh, and uh, girls in swimsuits and things. So. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, the, uh, the, I wish we'd gotten to see more of the, the monkey's house, mm-hmm. honestly. You know, it's interesting that you mentioned that because, um, fun fact, in the 80s, there was an attempt to recapture the magic of the monkeys and there was a show called The New Monkeys. And it was a new band with a new group of four boys mm-hmm. And they had an album and they had a TV show and it was just like a complete flop. It didn't, it didn't go. Uh, and I think part of it was just because yeah, that sort of thing was not, it's not a, it's not a guaranteed format. Right. Right. But also, um, 
the house that they live in, in this, I haven't actually seen this show, but mm -hmm. I, um, I read a little about it. I think I saw like a little clip of it online. Instead, they went with, what if they lived in this super awesome house that had all these crazy, like different themed rooms and a robot butler or something like that. And like a slide to get into the room. And like, they went big with this like wacky set. They thought the kids would like, but then the boys who live in it are going, we're a band just starting out. It's like, I would not be surprised if that was part of why people are like, I don't, why do they live in this magic house? Right. If they're a new band getting started, that doesn't make sense. And like, I, yeah, I just wouldn't be surprised if that was part of, of why it didn't, people didn't click with it. It's you like. edit a few cutaways that they're like all smoking tons of marijuana and in like a shitty, like, you know, shotgun shack and imagining all of these insane <laughs> giant rooms. Yeah, I, I don't know. I'm sure there were lots of other problems with the show. Um, not to, not to give a, a hard time to any of the, the guys who were involved in it. I'm mm -hmm. sure they, I'm sure they were nice, nice boys. Uh, but yeah, I, uh, I do own a new monkeys 45. <laughs> That's how I discovered they existed. I ran across the 45 and I was like, the new monkeys. Are you kidding me? And then when I heard about the show, I was like, oh boy, it gets weirder. But anyway, yeah, the, I wish we'd gotten to see more of the, of the monkeys hideout because even though they, they set it up to be sort of, they live in some sort of squalor. It was like fun squalor. Right. The, the. <laughs> The, the squalor that you imagine when you imagine no parents telling you to clean. Yeah, squalor. yeah. And like a bunch of weird, uh, poor artists getting to decorate the place. Yeah. Which is sort of, I mean, you and I... Uh... I mean, we're basically describing our own homes. Like, yes, let's be honest. that's true. Yes, that is basically how we decorate. <laughs> a couple of kids who were allowed to decorate a house. Oh. Uh, but yeah, it's, um, I think, I think it's hard to, uh, hard to do that, the where the money go thing with, with, uh, when it's a second episode, because maybe they, in the first episode that they actually shot, they spent more time showing off the house set or something. Mm -hmm. Then again, you know, this is so far removed from how I conceptualize TV production mm -hmm. that, you know the audio recording sessions could have been the huge thing that they splashed out money on. And these That's sets true. are just kind of like they're, they're put together from, from props in a warehouse and, you know, yeah. it, it's, it's very hard to say. Yeah. They did have three songs, including the theme song. Yeah. Uh, so they had to actually record some songs in a studio before they could use them in the, in the show. So. I, yeah. And, and probably those wigs. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The, the Beatles wigs they the, were all wearing. The, the Beatles wigs. <laughs> Oh. No, I, I, I think those are real hair. I think those are just what boys did at the time. <laughs> they, they all look like Blue Boy. Oh, good lord. <laughs> Moving on. Clips and Chips! In this segment, we go over any predictions we have for the future of the show, particularly season one cliffhangers or any relationships we would like to see flourish or develop. Strangely, do you have any thoughts? I mean, just taking the box that says Tumblr queer theory and just setting it aside. <laughs> we got four beautiful boys living in a house together. Hmm. Anything could happen. <laughs> four beautiful boys who are very sensitive artists who love to decorate and dress up in silly costumes together. Okay, now you're reading my Tinder profile. <laughs> uh, it... It is something that 
already right out the gate has the energy of i just want to hang out with these dudes Mm -hmm. and and watch them hang out with each other and you know we're just which in terms of sort of the relationship of i guess an audience member in the show sometimes you watch an old show like this that people love and remember from their childhood and it's like i don't i i do not get what you got i do not understand why you're sitting there smiling at me while this is happening i totally get it yeah and and i think if i had watched this when i was like a younger teen especially i would just be like this would have been a thing yeah for me um I believe it was for my sister, but again, because we didn't have TV at home, she, it was something she was getting at a friend's house. Right, yeah, yeah. Because um, one of the songs in this episode I sounded familiar to me as well, and I, I think my sister would play a lot of their music. Okay. Uh, so, like, I I get it, like, in ter- I get the draw, and I get the attraction, and, like, I'm feeling it. I'm like, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm on this vibe. I'm on this vibe. You, so you're saying you ship yourself with all the monkeys? Yeah, all f- <laughs> Read my Tinder profile. <laughs> Young, beautiful boys must play musical instruments. <laughs> not too young. No, We're not no, weirdos. Uh, uh, We're not no, creeps. No, 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 no. Uh, Sarah, I'm sure you have some, uh, some very, very uh, strong cliff predictions like there's i know there's a deep monkey mythology (laughs) right uh, yeah well i wouldn't want to spoil it for you (laughs) well that that sweeps week episode in particular that uh, oh sure 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 no i mean this is just it's shenanigans all the way down i don't think from my memory again saw it all out of order and everything but my memory was of shenanigans of the week absolutely zero things overarching season plots Zero, like, things, significant things changing. It's just these boys being goofballs. Is this a show where notable guest stars appear, where, they, like, other musicians of the day would show up, or was it very much its own little pocket universe? I have no memory of that, but also, uh, this was really, this show was really my introduction to kind of the 60s, I think, in a lot of ways. Well, that's not entirely true. Let me clarify. Uh, my parents did listen to oldies radio a lot. Right. So if they'd used the songs of an artist from that time period, I would have recognized it, but I don't, they definitely didn't do that. Mm-hmm. So whether there were any cameos, I can't say. It doesn't fit with my memory of the show, but I, I probably it happened once or twice right. at least. I mean, just the sort of thing people did. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, no, I, I, I have no memory of any particular... Uh, that one fun episode. I just right. remember lots of that. Lots of the boys being goofballs and having weird, weird shenanigans and wearing crazy costumes <laughs> and loving every second of it. And I, and I ship myself. I ship young me with young Mickey Dolenz. <laughs> if only we could have met in a perfect world. <laughs> well, Sarah, right now it kind of feels like we're already talking about what the day-to-day of the show will be. Yeah, we do often end up sliding into it from close to the ship, so let's just get in there. What will this show be? This is usually where we get into what the, what will be the day-to-day vibe, if different from the pilot. But I, I think we've already we've already covered that. Yeah, yeah. With lots of these earlier shows, there wasn't, like, a, that much world building. There mm. wasn't, like, a crazy concept to set up um, that they didn't, or rather when they did have a crazy concept to set up, 
they still recognize this needs to be an episode of television. Like, there was still... There's no uh, first episode world building, second episode detective agency. Yeah. Uh, this is pretty much it. That is that is a fascinating thing about a lot of pre-90s television. Uh, is that you? anybody writing an episode had to work in someone saying everybody's names. Like, you know, you, you think of any individual episode of say star trek the next generation the names of anybody who is like important in that episode will be said at some point early in the episode or sort of when they first appear it's like mm-hmm. ah mm-hmm. council of troy come in you know like yeah. it's like the sort of uh captain's personal log you know it's like captain Picard's personal log you know it's like it's like sort of establishing certain things in expo log and yet not making it annoying for people who've seen it eight billion times Mm uh yeah i i guess we know what the show will be yeah we've seen it yes exactly (laughs) and we've seen the first episode rather than the pilot so gosh i i'm it's still killing me that um since the pilot was eventually reconfigured and released as an episode i bet you there's nowhere it was never released in toto yeah or uh, it might be something apparently it tested very poorly yeah i'd be really curious to see what it what it was originally yeah i definitely want to at the very least watch that that the, the episode that was released mm-hmm. to get glean what i can from that but yeah i'd be very uh very curious to see that original pilot if it is uh out there anywhere like it might just sometimes that sort of thing just doesn't exist 50 years later you know right or it um, could be something that got released on a D, uh, special edition DVD or something like that. Yeah, yeah. If it's if it still exists, if they didn't just like burn that, start over, you yeah. know. Uh, but anyway, uh, let's move on to our next segment. Hey, Becca. In this segment, we uh, answer the question that appears in our mind when we go, <laughs> "I know you." You're a thing I've seen before. I'm not imagining you right now. Uh, so we talk about whether we recognized any of the actors, any, if anyone's a that guy, a character actor that we've seen before. Um, strangely, did you recognize anyone in this show? Uh, only the the guy playing the evil uh, Baron or whatever. Uh, Otto, Archduke. Yeah. Archduke. Uh, Theodore uh, something. I'm totally forgetting. I looked him up. I haven't. I've seen him in other things. He he guessed it as sort of a villainous, you know, a mustache twiddling villain type in things like Hogan's Heroes uh, back in the day. You know, mm-hmm. he's sort of somebody who would uh, appear. He was a he was a recurring baddie on the Wild Wild West, ah. among other among other things. But nothing specific. It wasn't like seeing a famous role that he played. Where yeah. I'm like, aha, him. Yeah. He just kind just of was osmosis. Yeah, we need it. We need a. We need a this asshole. Yeah, <laughs> and he would get hired to be that guy. Yeah, makes sense. He looked. He looked the part. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, were you familiar with the faces of the monkeys? Uh, no. No. Did any I, of them surprise I mean, I mean, you or look different from what you expected? No, I've definitely seen pictures of them before, uh, but th- there wasn't anything that was just like d- downright surprising. They all just yeah. kind of looked like. Like, if you had shown me a picture of four other guys with the same haircuts wearing the same kind of clothes and said, this is a photo of the monkeys, I would have said, yes, also this. Yeah. Like, 
they yeah they're wise was one of them also in something else no no i was just really curious oh. if you if you knew if you'd be like oh i think i actually have seen one of them do something else or whatever i don't to my knowledge they were all four of them were mainly the monkeys i mean uh they all had solo careers post monkeys mm-hmm. uh certainly um so, but uh more as musicians than actors right it's interesting um yeah they they definitely all were more musicians uh and i don't know why you would know them from anything else i was just i was just curious it seemed like a good time to mention whether their appearance was what you expected or if anything about that was mm-hmm. like oh i thought there was a i thought there was one with a i don't know I thought there was one with a lazy eye. I don't know what I thought you were going to say. I thought there was a bald one with an eye patch, you know? It's like, exactly. where was that guy? Yeah. Uh, should we uh, move on then to our next segment? I choose you. In this segment, we talk about who our favorite character in the episode was or somebody that we want to see more of, somebody we want to see grow and flourish, that kind of thing. Uh Sarah, do you have anyone in particular in mind? Well, I've already spoiled it. Mickey was always my favorite. I love the boys, but Mickey is the one who made me go like, that guy is cool. And I think that math, it really tracks throughout my other, like, my favorite of a foursome in Mm -hmm. as a child. Like, Michelangelo was my favorite turtle. Mickey is my favorite uh, monkey. It's like... They're all pretty goofy, but my impression was always that Mickey was the goofiest. Mm-hmm. Did you get that? Or did you feel like, why Mickey? They all seem pretty freaking goofy. No, I I, I got that. Yeah. I got that energy. I he mean, is the first one who wears a costume and does a crazy voice. Yeah. <laughs> he, I, big chaos gremlin energy from oh, that one. Oh, the gremlin Sorry, <laughs> like yes, I did have I did have a thing for chaos gremlins growing up, or at least like goofballs, you know. Uh, it's true. Anyway, <laughs> I uh, aside from the main four, the guy playing the henchman of the Archduke in this was delightful, and I I kind of like I wish that there was a universe where. He's a recurring villain, and he always plays the the villain's henchman. Yeah. So he's always like, I'll get those monkeys next week. Yeah. Because he was great. Like, he did some wonderful physical comedy. He really mixed it up with the boys. Like, he had good chemistry with them as yeah. well. Mm-hmm. Like, the the bit where they're trying to trying to get him to stand a certain spot to have a safe fall on him. And yes. Then, <laughs> and then all of a sudden it cuts to him sitting in a chair and they're, like, reading him a story. Yeah. And, like, th- then they tie him up. And then he gets out of the ropes. And then he's not immediately like, I'll get you. He's like, aren't you going to finish the story? He's like, like, are you going to read that story or are you going to play around? Yeah. Like, let's get down to brass tacks. Tell me how Snow White ends. He's <laughs> <laughs> so a lot of fun. I'd love to see more of that dude. Oh, beautiful. Beautiful. All right, let's get on to our final verdict. Did this first aired episode do <laughs> the job of a pilot and make you want to watch more? Because clearly their original pilot did not in the 60s for people. Yeah. Now, uh, that I mean, I, I want to watch more because this has reminded me of like how goofy it is and how much I loved it as a child. And it definitely... It hit that nostalgia button real hard, and I want to see more of these boys and their shenanigans. But strangely, did it make you want to watch more? I'm curious to see more. If we hadn't just also watched 
the Dick Van Dyke show today, Mm -hmm. which absolutely knocked me on my ass. I was not expecting something like that. This might have been a bigger surprise. Because the the Dick Van Dyke show felt like a once in a season discovery for me. Yeah. But that being said, this is delightful and charming. And if more of this comes my way, I would be very excited. I definitely... This is something where I would I want to do a little digging and find out if they did have notable guest stars or like if people appeared on this in bit parts before they were famous. Mm-hmm. This this really feels like yeah. the kind of thing where it's like uh, a young uh, I I don't even know who, I'm totally like blanking on like sort of the right timeline. Right, but it's yeah. like you know a teenage Steve Martin had a background part in the 35th episode or something yeah. like that kind of thing. I would love to sort of track down some of that kind of stuff because. Similar to Dragnet that we watched a couple weeks ago, uh, there's that that feeling of this being such a specific cultural artifact from a very particular time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, I feel like there might be weird fashion trends or or flash in the pan dance styles or whatever that were like popular for one summer that made it into this show. A weird stick that people put between their bodies and swing around. Wow, Sarah, that's <laughs> oddly specific. Isn't it though? Just. <laughs> Just search on YouTube for the ghost in the glass bikini. You will understand. <laughs> uh, like, <laughs> but but something like that appearing in this, that would be really interesting to see. Yeah. Um, in terms of needing more of the boys and everything like that, I, I, I don't have the nostalgia kick. So it's not something where I'm like, I must mainline more of this to feel this feeling more. Sure. But... It's definitely something where I could see myself enjoying this quite a bit uh, and seeing more. I do have a uh, couple access to a couple more episodes. Um, I know the second episode is called Monkey See, Monkey Die. Whoa! Yeah, all right. whoa, this is escalating quickly. And I believe it turns into like sort of a like a cat and mouse FBI criminal profiler serial killer drama. And so I really want to want to check that out. Perfect. Uh, yeah, it's it's. It's not something where I'm immediately feeling an urge to watch more of it, but it's also something that is such a strong package. And again, the the cultural artifact aspect of it is interesting to me. And the fact that it's really easy on the eyes and super fun Mm -hmm. doesn't hurt. You know, there's some things that are very much an artifact of their time and it's like, I don't really want to watch more of that you know yeah i mean as much as i i think classic cinema is important i'm never going to go watch birth of a nation don't really need to don't really want to it some is a, things do not need to be watched it is a cultural artifact of its time but it's not one i need to engage with but yeah but you know to bring it back to the monkeys it's like there are so many things even in this episode that are like wow yeah that was a yeah people did that mm-hmm. wow i mean just just seeing rotary phones i was like oh <laughs> i used to have a rotary phone yeah. i love that there's an entire joke in it about princess phones being like oh there's a pun on princess phones it's like oh yeah that was a style of phone that's very popular in the 60s it's not a thing anymore yeah so yeah i think that's uh that, that's it do you have any last words uh about oh, are you about to monkey die me well <laughs> you've monkey seen me no <laughs> uh um do i have any last words uh no nothing to say just uh 
I wish you had loved it as much as I do, but also it's very rare that you show something that you positively loved in your childhood and it hits the person you are showing in their 30s the same way that it hit you when you were 12. And I already got that experience with you with Wizard of Speed and Time, so I shouldn't be too greedy. Yeah, and, you know, on a on a more positive note, at least there was nothing deeply traumatizingly problematic about no. this that you just didn't notice as a no, kid. No, no. I mean, I'm, I'm glad that it still, like, tickled me the way that it tickled yeah. me before. Like, uh, I'm still delighted by it, and that's, that's a treasure in and of itself. The real treasure was the monkeys we found along the way. And on that note, bye. bye. Hey, hey, we're the pilot house. <laughs> Good job. Thanks for listening to Pilot House. You can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Pilot House Pod. Visit our website, pilothousepodcast.com. Or email us at pilothousepodcast at gmail.com to suggest future topics. Please share this episode with a friend or rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. It helps people find us. Our podcast is entirely listener supported. So thanks to our special guest stars, Cynthia, Tina, Juniper, and Jerry. Visit patreon.com slash pilothouse to find out how you can become a series regular. Pilot House is a Herringbone Society production. Hello. The speaker is going up the hill. A fox has stolen a chicken. The onions ripen in the spring, especially when it is raining. Hello. Especially when it's raining. <laughs> what number is this, please? Klondike 58618. Ooh. <laughs> I must have typed the wrong number. Sorry. <laughs>